Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Wait, so you really want to make a podcast? Do, 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 do. Yeah, what if we just sang our um, music? Maybe we should get some real music, Samantha. The podcast came. Oh, you're still recording. Three. Survival Jobs is a podcast spotlighting artists, their side hustles, and their passions. Hosted by Samantha Titsolo and Jason A. Coombs. Boom. Sweet. Okay. Love it. Jason, 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 Jason. I'm in a silly mood today. Samantha, Sammy, Sammy, Toots. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always very low energy at the top of the show, I feel like. And then I get more energy as it goes on. I'm opposite. I am. am. It's good. Perfect. Opposites attract. We balance each other out. It's a perfect duo. Jason, how are you? Good, you know. Just um, getting ready. Film Fest is getting closer. I feel like I always bring that up, but it's like the only thing that's on my agenda every day. Yeah, we've been doing this for months, but it's two weeks away. So again, if anybody wants to uh, come and meet me and Sam, because Sam's going to be there as well. Oh, let's do a oh. raffle. We get some raffle some free tickets away. Oh, right now? Yeah. Let's, um, what should we do? Like we did for tea. Remember randomly <laughs> you <were> like. <laughs> By the way, assholes. Yeah, I'm calling our <laughs> listeners assholes. Nobody DM'd us except my cousin Angela. Shout out again. She's the only one <laughs> yes, who this, but she already bought T's book, and she has, like, unlimited Kindle, so we never even sent a book. Okay, Jason, so yeah, first three people to DM us will get comp tickets to the festival? Yeah, get two comp tickets for the festival. Tell us the dates. It's July 23rd through the 25th, 2021. Boom. And DM us Boom. your favorite episode so far and why. Yes. So I was going to share a survival job story, right? Yeah, we, we haven't, haven't shared in one in a while. Let's go. Tell us, Jake. <laughs> so I used to work for this thing called the Free Ride, and it was owned by these really cool guys. And it basically was this car, a golf cart that they like pimped out into this car, and they would have different sponsors. So like the sponsor that we had at the time was Vita Coco. So like they had like these like, like coconuts on the car and you know it was like a big golf cart that sat with like six people or something so like you know they had like uh vita coco was like the sponsor and we would hand out like samples of vita coco to people in the streets of new york so we would drive around the west village and or brooklyn i only did brooklyn a couple times this sounds um, fun i had no idea you did this gig. <laughs> one day i was driving into west village and i'm like driving down like you know i'm driving down i think it's sixth avenue and i'm heading down and i see this guy and i'm like that guy looks familiar. He's like on the phone. He's like walking his dog. He's an older white guy. And I'm like, that guy looks really familiar. So I'm like being nosy. I'm like, I, knew, I know that guy from somewhere. Thinking it's probably someone from like an acting class or someone like it's someone I know, right? So I'm like, oh, like I'm going to go and I try to give this person that I probably know like some Vita Coco, you know, because we had to give him away. Like we had to give away the supply. So I get closer and I'm like, wait a minute. That's fucking Andy Cohen. <laughs> and it was Andy Cohen like walking his dog on his phone, right? No. So then he turns, he like finally acknowledges, like notices what this car is, right? So he looks and sees like this Vitaco car coming his way. And he has like the strangest look, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then like, I start like waving and he looks at me and like gives like a half of a smile and just like turns away from me. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so in conclusion, he did not get a Vitaco he did not. He didn't. He didn't want a Vita Coco. He There's clearly lots. did not want to be bothered. He was on the phone. He was walking his adorable doggy. He was living his best life in the West Village, and like, I was here for it. Definitely don't want that cocoa water. <laughs> He's like, I don't want this strange person in New York City driving this weirdo car who's like smiling. <laughs> 
insanely at oh me with this God. big afro <laughs> in my space. <laughs> You're like Sweating, waving, probably. <laughs> waving Vita Cocos at him like, hey, you want some coconut water? Sam, oh. so we started something literally yes, right before this episode. we did. Can tell you our, tell our survivors. Oh, okay, I was like, can you tell them? Because I don't want to fuck it up. All right, I'll tell them, but if I fuck <laughs> it up, tell me I'm fucking it up. <laughs> okay. Hey, survivors, we're starting a thing called Buy Me a Coffee, and you go to buymeacoffee.com.com slash survivaljobspod, and you can throw Jason and I a dollar, two dollars, million dollars to buy a quote-unquote <laughs> coffee, but really, it will just help us, you know, pay for the small things we pay for, like our Podbean, which helps us stream our episodes, yeah. our app that we put our sound waves on, all minimal yeah. costs. But, you know, it's um, we want to keep it going. And I mean, I am unemployed and I am in the Samantha, process. I fucked exactly. something up. Did I fuck it up? No, no. I was going to be like, we're broke. Just to be yeah. honest, we're broke as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we I don't want to go back to work in a restaurant. We so are if you want to give us some bucks. Yep. I'm in the, <laughs> listen, I am in, in the interviewing process this week. I have been. And by the way, it's this week from the past, people. Hi, because when you're listening to this, I will be at the cabana in Vegas drunk on a rose popsicle, I hope. Oh, that Speaking of really how good. broke I am, I'm fucking going to Vegas. <laughs> Maybe I'll hit the yes. slots. <laughs> Check us out on buymeacoffee.com slash survival job spot. Thanks to Jason, yeah. who's the mind of it all. And we should also give a congratulations to our good friend Robert Peter Paul, who just launched his podcast. Shout out. Art, I think it's Art of Kindness. I'm just going to look it up really fast. Yes, it is. It is the Art of Kindness. Look it up just to confirm. Oh, good. Big shout out to Robert Peter Paul, listeners podcast. Congratulations, Rob, Congratulations. if you're listening. And yeah, check it out. He has some amazing guests as well, and he's killing it. We love him. We love him. We love him. You know who else we love? Our guest today, Emma. Yes, Emma. <laughs> do you like that transition? <laughs> I do. I do love that transition. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk to Emma. We actually, we talked about her, I believe we talked about her on another episode because I worked with her at my very first job ever, the Plaza Food Hall. Shout out or not shout out. I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she was great. And I remember Emma came to my 21st birthday party at Latitude Bar and Grill. That was my spot because I don't know why. Oh, my roommate at the time was working there. So I was drinking underage. So big shout out to Emma for coming to my 21st <laughs> birthday. And I remember I had an audition the next day. Yeah, I was, like, working with some really, really fucking weird, like, agency. <laughs> it wasn't an agency. I don't know. You know when you're, like, new to acting, everyone's scamming you. So I had an audition yeah. the next day, and she picked up my host shift. And I was like, Emma, we were, like, fucked up at the bar. I was like, Emma, don't forget, you picked up my shift tomorrow because I have an audition. And she was like, I know. And she was so upset. But thanks for picking up the shift. I obviously didn't book the TV job. It was not even probably a real. I went to an audition, but it was like not a real. Did audition. you have to paint the? Did you have to paint the studio again? <laughs> did I have to what? Paint the studio. Maybe you have to paint that oh theater. Oh my god! No, I. <laughs> nope, not this time. I went to this scam. audition. They said I was auditioning for. Do you remember that TV show that was on? It was like about flight attendants, and it was called Pan Am. Oh, Blue's Clues. Pan Am. Oh, Pan Am. Loose Clues with the dog? With with Steve? Really? 
He lives in Brooklyn. Yeah, I thought he. <laughs> I thought he got canceled. <laughs> no, that's probably someone else. It's probably Bernie. I think we talk about Bernie. No, the guy from Blue's Clues got canceled for some reason. You have to Google. Not it. the original. I was just reading that he like selling his house in Brooklyn. Steve. His apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, All I remember is Magenta from that. Oh yeah. We're delirious because it's hot as fuck. Pan Am was the fake show. It wasn't a fake show, but it had like an it was audition, a real show. But it was not a real audition. It was actually they told me it was for Pan Am, but it was actually for this agency that wasn't an agency that essentially was like, okay, you have to pay oh us X God. amount of money and we'll send you out. And I was like, I gotta go. So in conclusion, Emma, thank you for picking up that shift. It wasn't a real audition, <laughs> and let's. Tell everyone about Emma, and then let's talk to her. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm so dead. I just blacked out. I have no idea what I said. <laughs> We're taught. We're dehydrated. Yeah. All right. Emma Orlove is an actor, voiceover artist, model, and yogi based in Brooklyn, New York. Her select credits include working with the Transport Group, Theater 167, the Piccadillo Theater Company, Virginia Rep, and Cadence Theater Company. Emma was also in the first national tour of the parody the Hungry, Hungry Games as Katniss Everdeen. For three years, Emma lived in Reggio Emilia, Italy, working with an Italian theater company, Teatro del Du. <laughs> I actually made you do this. <laughs> You're doing great, Jason. Keep it going. Where she performed Shakespeare in English. Those credits include Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, Lady Duff slash The Witch 3 in Macbeth, and... Bianca in Othello. Amazing. I think you did a great job, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> Emma is Thank the native so of Richmond, Virginia, where she trained at the School of the Performing Arts in Richmond County, S-P-A-R-C, Richmond Ballet, and Apatomax Regional Governors School <laughs> for the Arts and Technology. We're, we're both having trouble today, guys. Just bear with us. <laughs> she continued her yes. studies at the University of the Arts. I did not get in there, by the way, people, in case you want to know a fun fact. <laughs> she studied at the Aww. University of the Arts in Philadelphia, graduating with honors and a BFA. She studied Meisner under Ernest Lasso and voice and performance perform <laughs> she studied mommy made me match my m&ms <laughs> <laughs> mommy made me match my m&ms <laughs> she studied meisner under ernest lasso and voice and performance with forrest mcclendon in new york city she trains with and at larry moss oh i love larry moss i didn't know that emma with larry moss <laughs> bob krakauer love bob krakauer she's fierce emma's fierce Kimball Studio, Carl Burry Studio, Maggie Servell Studio, and UCB. Apologies for every fucking name I just butchered, but please forgive us. <laughs> Emma is a member of BAJ Er Productions with her closest friends from college who write, record, choreograph film, and edit a music video every year around the holidays for your enjoyment. Okay. All right, Emma. All right. Okay. All right, Simon. Let's bring Emma into the Zoom room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're funny today. Let's get her. <laughs> Let's get her. Hi. <laughs> hey. Welcome. It has been a minute. Girl. Since I've seen you, Sam. Well, at least a full 10 since our time at the Plaza Food Hall. Oh, here. Okay. <laughs> she is she has come up already. Just no. <laughs> right here on because of that was 2011 when I moved to New York City and went there on my second day of living there. 
in that Wait, city. You started there on your second day of living in, in New York. York? Yes. Oh, God bless in, you. Like on a Tuesday and I went to work at the Plaza Food Hall on a Wednesday. No, good for you for finding a job that fast. Listen, 12.50 right? an hour. How blessed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that was good. You were so nice to me. And I remember thinking like you were so cool. You were like there, I think, for a minute by the time I came in. Well, uh, I haven't thought about the years. If you were there in 2011, I guess I had been there for at least a year. Honestly, I haven't even I haven't figured out what year we were there. But I was surprised to hear on a previous episode of this that you were only there for two months. For some reason, I had in my head that you were there for so much longer. No, only two months. I had to get out. She was in and out. Well, hello. Hi. Thank you for coming on here. Here's Jason Combs in the flesh. Jason, I'm so happy to talk to you. You Thanks for being a part of this. Oh, I'm so honored (laughs) because... I've heard you say that you have big fans at this podcast, but actually I have listened to every episode. Oh my so gosh. Now it's really nice to like put a face to your beautiful voice, Jason. Thank you. Honestly, <laughs> thank you for the support. It really means a lot. You know, I was like, nobody's going to listen to this. Who is going to care? But it means so much that you've listened <laughs> to every single one. That's concern with podcasts. I know. <laughs> What's you your favorite listener? episode? Do you have one? Oh, boy <laughs> on I, mean, the spot. I, I know going back to the beginning i think was really fun with robin just because it was like the beginning so like that energy like it was so exciting then there was there was a a female named melanie maybe yes yes more recently yeah oh i'm so i'm really bad with names but okay. no I, I think every Same. episode has had something someone's had something to say that's made me laugh or made me look back at my jobs and go, wow, like, it's amazing that we do this. Right. Like, it's crazy we do this. We <laughs> it is crazy that we do this. <laughs> uh, Emma, so how have you been over the pandemic? You know, I always get really nervous when I'm asked this question. And I always feel like I have to tread very cautiously because I know that it was a very trying year in so many ways and a terrible year. If you take out, you know, this is going to sound so terrible. If you take out like people actually dying and getting very sick, which was obviously horrific. um, This year actually was kind of great for me which I always feel really weird saying no but that's awesome it is so nice to hear that when we have heard so much negative talk from this year I mean rightfully so right rightfully so yeah and of course I mean there were a lot of days that I cried and um, had complete anxiety and, and breakdowns and felt completely stuck but I think overall, I didn't realize how much I actually needed that time to slow down because prior to this, I was going, 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 you know, I'd leave my house early in the morning and I'd come back late at night and I was just exhausted all the time. I remember at the beginning, you know, that week of like March 12th, like when everything started to shut down, you know, I had several shifts at my restaurant job because I was working at a restaurant. I had like two acting classes, my yoga classes, my voice and speech class. Like I was busy. And I remember my husband saying, I think that you should, you should stop going to these things and we should like put ourselves in lockdown. And I was like, are you kidding? There's no way. And at that yeah. point, I, I really didn't understand the gravity of the situation, actually. And I was For like, sure. 
I'm not going to miss my classes. Like I'm, I have a lot going on. He was like, minimum, it'll be like two weeks. And I was like, two <laughs> weeks. You want me to stay home for two weeks? Two weeks. Crazy. <laughs> I was like, There's no way I'm staying home for two weeks. And, um, but then being forced to, I found actually, I really needed that time to regenerate mm-hmm. and take care of myself again. And so that actually opened up a lot of really nice opportunities. So yeah, that was my pandemic. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, though. Wait, so this was gonna be a, this was gonna be a question a little further ahead, but I guess you can just oh. tell us now about your film festival experience because you have a film that's there, right? That was at the Queen's World. Yeah. That, okay. You want to talk about that a little bit? What that experience was like? Yeah, this is my first film festival that I've been a part of as a filmmaker in person. Yeah. Um, I was in a film that premiered in a film festival in 2020. So obviously that was all virtual. So like that was a cool experience, but it is, it is kind of wild that we can all be there together in a theater. Um, yeah. It was the first time I had been in a movie theater since, you know, sometime in 2020. So yeah. that in itself was really cool. But, you know, it's also like, it's a little scary because this is the first time I've made a film. And so showing up as the filmmaker and not just someone that was that was in it uh it's a very different experience i get i get like a little bit of social anxiety in these instances you know when people Mm -hmm. are coming up and asking me about it and the whole quote-unquote networking side of things like is just terrifying for me so i'm showing up because i know i need to and i know that it's or i figure that it it can't hurt but it's always really awkward for me (laughs) yeah it's tough but I will say the Queen's World Film Festival, the um, the organizers of this event are pretty amazing. And I'm really impressed mm. with what they've done. And they have been so warm and so lovely. And so I will say, if anyone is looking to submit to a film festival, Queen's World Film Fest is really doing it right. So can you talk a little about your film? It's this one you wrote and directed. Yeah, it's a, it's a six minute film called Inspira. And it's the journey of one woman living in isolation in 2020 with breath as the only sound of the film, which I did for two reasons. One of which writing dialogue is terrifying to me. And I was like, that's not something I feel prepared to do. (laughs) And secondly, I've had that idea of using breath as a soundtrack for something for some time now, actually. Um, I'm really fascinated with how our uh, emotional life is so dictated by our breath and vice versa. And I found anytime I went through anything difficult in my life, people from all walks of life just kept saying, just breathe, just breathe. And that just kept coming up and up. And I've been fascinated with breath work for the last couple of years in terms of actually like really applying it and trying to work on that. And, um, It was also, you know, it's a huge principle of yoga. I do a lot of yoga and it's obviously like a different type of breath, but I now am so aware of how important breathing is and how it affects what's going on inside. And so I thought by making this film with breath as the soundtrack, I was, I actually kind of made it just because I was curious to see if it would have a reaction on the audience. Like I thought it would. Oh, wow. So who knows? (laughs) That's pretty amazing. That's really congratulations. Amazing. Yeah, you got into a festival, right? Your first film and Queen's Road is like a pretty big yeah. deal, the girl. Oh, girl. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and just from like, uh, I can relate to you so hard on being terrified to write to write dialogue and to just put your own work out there. And so 
that alone is something to feel so proud of. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I mean, it did help. I think it was such a small, I'm trying, I'm not trying to underplay what it was, but it was a really, really small crew. And so I think because I, I didn't feel like I was losing control, you know, and it was an all female team. So oh, I, I love that shooting it. Like on set, it was just me who was the, the only actress in the piece and then a DP, a gaffer and a producer, so just the four of us. And so it felt pretty manageable. You know, I didn't feel, I think if it had been like a bigger thing, I would have been a little more overwhelmed, but it, because it felt so gotcha. small. Yeah, we, we made the damn thing. Yes. <laughs> well, good for you. That's incredible. I love this episode because we are like all over the place and I, I know. kind of here for it. I really love you know, it. Right? It's, it's like sporadic. No, yeah, our brains too. <laughs> so it's this is, perfect. Welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. But let's sort of jump into your survival jobs. Oh, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was your best survival job and why was it your best? best or your favorite no this is a tricky question I feel like I have to break this up into different elements because oddly enough I think my best survival jobs were also my most frustrating and stressful ones they'd have to be my two serving jobs which the first one <laughs> was throwback to the plaza where I met Miss Samantha hey oh wait I didn't know you served there that's so funny to me. Yeah, I guess I, I still can't believe you were only there for two months. It felt like so much longer. Yeah. Because I was hostessing there for a while. And then I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And so I begged the GM to let me train as a server because I'd never served before. So that's where I got my serving start. And it was still pretty awful and pretty <laughs> fucking stressful. And the clientele were nasty, challenging. Okay. <laughs> challenging. It's <laughs> Sure. Nasty. Yeah. I was being kind. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. But I was making, I mean, I was what, like 24, 25. And I was making really good money, like money that I'd never made before. And it was a union job. So I had Mm -hmm. health, like really good health insurance. Sometimes I think, should I just go back and just (laughs) do it again so I can get good health insurance again? And then I'm like, no, Emma, no. And you got paid holidays. And so that I say it was good for that reason. And then my other serving job was a Mexican restaurant, Elvez. Shout out to my Elvez people. Shout out to Elvez. Where I actually ended up working for about five and a half years, which is crazy to me. It was also incredibly stressful and really, really hard, but I made really good friends there, which is why I stayed as long as I did. And it was just really flexible with my acting. They were really, really good about for letting sure. me leave and come back. And so I was, re- I actually found myself feeling grateful for that job as much as I hated it. Uh, yeah. But then I also feel like, oh, sorry, see, I'm all over the place. Oh. I also feel like I nannied for two and a half years to these two fabulous girls and that I have to say was also incredibly rewarding because I really, really built a strong relationship with the two of them. And it's so funny because they were five and eight when I started with them and now they're 15 and 18 and we like message each other on Instagram and I text them on their birthdays. And so we've stayed in touch, which has actually been really nice. That is so sweet. I feel like most of our people who interviewed who done nannying have said something very similar that the bonds you create with these kids are so special. Yeah, which is also why it's so hard when 
you're you realize that it's not flexible at all and so there does come a point where you have to Mary Poppins and be like the wind is blowing I have to go yeah I can imagine yeah because you can't you can't get your shifts covered if you have an audition or something you literally have to take care of humans well that was actually that was a moment when I realized that I couldn't do it for much longer as I had gone to a, an EPA, remember that? shout out. Oh my God. Like, what are those? What Um, are they? Honestly? God, I just feels like a lifetime ago. And I (laughs) had gone to an EPA and I actually, I had been asked if I could stay for, for a callback later that day. And I was like, actually, I can't, I have to pick these kids up from school. And that was a moment where I said, oh, it's actually affecting my my career now. Right. And so this isn't, this ain't going to work. This was also like in my non-neck days. So like, you know, this right. is where I used to go and sit for eight hours waiting yeah. to be seen. Right. Then it's no longer a survival job. It is turning into a career. And then that's when you're like, wait, this is not what I signed up for. This is exactly. not what I want. This is not my vibe. I've this got is not to why I moved to New York. Right. Totally. Not to like be a nanny, but shout yeah. out to the girls that you have a relationship with. That's sweet. Yeah, that is so sweet. I also want to shout out to the Plaza Food Hall because that food there was so damn good. So good. My the experience that stuck with me the most out of hostessing there was because you know it was the it was the food hall style. So people used to seat themselves all the time, not understanding actually there is a hostess and we do seat you. Yeah. And I remember this gentleman had sat himself at the seafood station. Remember that? I do. And we were so busy. We always had like a crazy wait. And I went up to this gentleman and I said, hi, sir, I'm so sorry, but actually you need to be, you need to check in at the hostess stand. You know, these seats are reserved. And he turned around and he looked, he gave me this look and he said, God, your voice is annoying. And I was wow. like, uh, Okay, I'm really sorry, but you still have to check in at the hostess stand. You're like, thank you so much. Shout out to us for surviving our survival job as hostess. Yes. Also, not shout out to me for surviving that hostess job. I ran away from it. I left <laughs> September fourth, I think, or fifth, and then I left. How do you know those days? Because I moved to the city on September third, two thousand and eleven. <laughs> that was oh, my move-in day. So then. Yeah, September 4th or 5th, I started and I left before I was out of there before Thanksgiving. Here's why. Because they were like, you can't take off right. Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I was like, I am not doing that for 1250. I got to go. But then I was making oh. no money. Anyway, this is not about me. <laughs> no, this is about you. And so you told us so many awesome stories about your best survival jobs. Do you have one that's your worst or like? A, a, a story that sticks out that was horrifying that you will never, you know, want to return to? Of course I do. Of course. This was actually still when I was in college in Philadelphia. Shout out UArts, my alma mater. Shout out UArts. Yes, so I was UArts. working during college as well. And actually, this is not my worst, but just to come full circle, I was a hostess at the Elvez in Philly before I started working at the Elvez in New York. So that is oh, just wow. weird to me. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. So I took a lot of years off in between. But when I found out they were opening one in New York, I was like, that would be so funny to go back to Elvis and then had no idea five and a half years later, I would still be there. (laughs) But anyway, my worst survival job, hands down, was 
at Lucky Strike Lane. No. Do you know what the bowling alley is? <laughs> yes. That's yes bowling. No. No, uh-huh. no, no. I was hired as a hostess and I worked a day shift. It was at the middle of the afternoon. And I had I was also still working as a hostess at Alves, which was a super, super busy, super popular spot. And so I was used to and I was like running the door there. So I was used yeah. to having a lot to do. And and I liked that. Like, I have to be busy because if I'm standing behind a hostess stand twiddling my thumbs, like I just cannot do it. And that's exactly what this was. And it was the summertime, but inside because it has that like club vibe. And so it was just really dark. And I think like three people came in and I was like, I cannot do this. I'm going to go crazy. So the manager was like, well, would you like to be promoted? I think (laughs) air quotations to the lane concierge. And I was like, oh, that sounds sexy. Like lane concierge. (laughs) If it gives me more work to do, then yeah. So I was that that person that gives you your shoes when you check in. Also come to find out the job required. I was the one that was supposed to fix technical issues if something happened on the lane, which is hilarious if you know me because I don't know jack shit about anything with technology. So I would go, I would go and just like push some buttons, like pretended like I knew what I was doing, but I had no fucking clue. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) acting. Yeah, truly my BFA really came into play there. But what I really found out that job entitled which was not explained to me when I took this esteemed position of lane concierge was that I was really meant to just go and flirt with the men on the lanes and get them to return and so once I realized that that's actually what I was supposed to be doing I didn't last like a week I I got out of there pretty fast that's horrible how did you put that together because my cokehead manager, would, you know, anytime there was like a, you know, no judgment, but he was always like just cracked out. Anytime there's like a really big group of, of guys, he would be like, you know, go like check on them, like see how they are. I mean, he was pretty open about it. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to hide anything. Oh, I hate that. Oh. Emma, so you seem to be doing a lot more and correct me if I'm wrong, just from your like stalking you but you seem to be doing a lot more tv film stuff nowadays do you prefer tv film over theater or theater over tv film or Mm. do you not have a preference my heart and soul will always be in theater Mm. i will never i i don't think i will ever get the same passion out of do well I shouldn't say that and also I don't want to close myself off to those jobs in in film and tv but there just is nothing like doing a live production so and that was that was my whole life you know that was from the time I was five until 2020 (laughs) (laughs) so that really is like the bulk of what I've done and, and that will always be my passion however I did discover in the last several years living in New York that there's just more opportunity for me to get seen for film. And I started to make that transition when I was still non-ec and I was going to these EPAs and I was sitting and waiting for hours and usually not getting seen. Or if I was, I'd go in and it was like, okay, thanks. And I'd leave and be like, what a fucking waste of a day. And I thought there just has to mm-hmm. be another way. Like, I just can't. 
do this. And so I started looking for film auditions and realized you can actually get appointments for those. And I thought, oh, amazing. I know when I'm going to get seen. I can go for my appointment and then finish the rest of my day. And so I started doing that and realized it was working so much better for me. Also, I went to school for musical theater, kind of like a like a side note. I went to college for musical theater. And then once I got to New York, realized actually I can't do that. That was not working for me emotionally. Also, I kind of had like a I had to have like a I say come to Jesus. I'm Jewish, but I don't know what the alternative is. you know what I'm saying? Uh, I had to really get real with myself and say, vocally, I'm not at the same level as the competition that I'm hearing. And that was hard for me to accept. But I think once I did, and once I realized that I wasn't going to pursue musicals anymore, it made that transition easier because then I was able to just focus on, on plays and then into film. And I have to say, I have been really, really loving working on in film and you know I say television I've only had one experience in tv and it was wild but it's still very much learning you know it's a whole new vernacular that I have to learn like when I'm on set I'm now I'm I'm trying to learn all of that vocabulary and so it's a new challenge but I it's one that I'm really enjoying I love that I had that same moment of I can't be auditioning for musicals with these people Mm. it's sad so I can, I feel that so hard. Cause yeah, you, those holding rooms are a special kind of oh my hell God. for me. A special kind for of me. hell. I know you made your guest star debut on Bull, correct? Is that, I did. Is that real? Well, my guest star debut and my TV debut. Yes, congratulations. That's huge. That's Crazy. a big show. That is huge. What was that, that like? That is so huge. Yeah, tell us all the details. You know, actually, it's kind of a good story. And I I only like telling this because I hope that it will give people hope because it it happened in a way that it was one of those things where you just never think that things can happen like that. And then it does. And so, okay, that's my preface. It it came about because I made Inspira, my short film. And when it was completed, I decided to send it to some casting directors mostly ones that I had already met, like from workshops or, you know, one-on-ones, that kind of stuff. And so I ended up sending it to the casting director of Bull because I had just met him a few months prior in a workshop. So it wasn't like a completely cold touch. And I was like, hey, just made this little thing, you know, I hope it brings you some hope for the coming year, some bullshit like that. And he actually watched it. He was one of the only people that actually clicked the link because I can tell I'm sneaky like that. I think like the next day he responded and said, great work, loved your film. There's a part that I think you might be right for coming up on Bull. Can you send me your stuff? And I was like, what? So I was like, yeah. So, you know, I sent him my things. I think maybe two days later, He responded again and said, you're in the top contender for this part. Want to confirm you're going to be in New York. You don't have any conflicts. And I was like, I'm going to be in New York. I don't have any conflicts. Also, like, what is the part? Like, I didn't know anything. On Friday, he wrote me and said, they're still trying to work this out. I'm just confirming you're still free. And I was like, I'm still free. The weekend passed and on Monday morning, I got an email with the offer. Again, still having no idea what the part even was. 
Y'all, I didn't audition for this. It was so overwhelming. So I like read through the script to find out even what the part was and to see if it was something I could do. Obviously, it would make it work. You know, you always hear it doesn't happen like that. You have to have all these co-stars before you're ever considered for that. And so the fact that it happened completely not traditionally, I say, you know, you just never know. And so you just have to keep fucking hustling and putting your shit out there because you just never know how events can turn out. That's amazing. I think that's so incredible, too, that you, like, got the offer. You're like, wait, what even is this part? It was so scary. I remember I showed up at my fitting and the costume designer was like, oh, so you're the sexy teacher. And I was like, oh, is that how they're calling me? I was like, is that? (laughs) Oh, shit. So then once I learned that, I was like, oh, am I supposed to be? Okay. So now I know what they're looking for. Hey. Everybody's journey is different, right? So that's a perfect example of that. Yes. And then if you never took your career into your own hands and made your own project out of this, you know, this time that you had time and you had the, the emotional stability to create something and then you had the confidence to send it out, like this wouldn't have happened. So like creating your own work is such an important and vital thing for artists to do. Oh, thanks. Get those residuals, girl. Like that's like. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting on that check. I know. I'm yeah. so that's the best thing. That's the best thing about doing those. Even if it's like a small ass part, you still get residuals for a while. You yeah. don't feel like bull. And so honestly, I would have done it for free. You know, <laughs> I just wanted the experience. Like if they were like, we can't pay you, I'd be like, fine. <laughs> I just wanted to see what it was. You know, yeah. I just thought it would be so different, like a TV set. And it wasn't super, super different from the film sets, but it, it was in a lot of respects. But I did find that by telling everyone that it was my first time and I didn't know what I was doing made me feel so much more at ease because I was kind Mm -hmm. of like, will you hold my hand through this? Like, just tell me what to do instead of trying to act like I knew everything. And I think that that helped me get through it a little bit by just being really honest that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. (laughs) Tell us what it's like growing up in Richmond. Like, do you have a big, like, thriving art scene there? I hear great things about it. Oh, Richmond is my heart. Uh, You know, it's funny Mm -hmm. because growing up, I just couldn't wait to get out because I always wanted to live in New York. And so I was always comparing it to New York. Also, you know, I was pre 21 growing up there. So it's a very different scene. But it was a really beautiful place to grow up in the sense that there were, I had a lot of opportunities for arts, uh, which I sadly, I know is not as accessible to a lot of people in in other states. And also my parents were just incredibly supportive and I was always in rehearsal or in dance class or, you know, acting class. And so I was given a lot of those opportunities, which I feel incredibly grateful for. And I think Richmond just kind of keeps getting better and better. It's especially now that we're finally, we're, that it's finally owning up to the actual like racist bullshit that went down there, you know, where um, like by pulling down the monuments, like finally changing street names, finally, you know, it's, I think now that they're being held accountable for that, instead of just kind of like shoving it under the rug and pretending that nothing happened. I'm no, it's just becoming a better, more liberal. um, It was always been pretty liberal, but yeah, it's uh, now I think of it as kind of like a little Brooklyn too. You know, there's like coffee shops and, Tattooing yes. parlors on every corner. <laughs> Love Brooklyn. <laughs> the Richmond Film Festival I heard is really amazing. So um, you should submit your film there. It's like going to your hometown, right? 
well, you know, I missed the deadline for 2021, but I did submit yeah. for 2022. And I think by that point, because my film was pretty topical for 2020. So I think by 2022, I don't know that anyone's going to care about it then, but it would be really nice to be in my hometown. And it's, it's in the bird theater, which is like my favorite space in Richmond. Oh, wow. It's a beautiful old movie theater. Emma, what, so you, you seem to be like a big podcast girl yourself. You have your own podcast. Are these books drunk? Did I, yeah. did I just fuck up the name? I didn't, right? How did you get no. started with your podcast and like your love of podcasts, which I'm just assuming um, since you are our number one fan and then also create your own. Hello, I'm a number <laughs> one fan and I'm a podcast lover. I actually wasn't a huge podcast fan until I started making my own because when I started to listening, I started listening to a lot of others as inspiration and also I just had more time on my hands than I ever had to listen to podcasts. So I have kind of fallen into that, that cult of the podcast. Uh, we started our own. It's me and two other girlfriends, Mariana and Brandy, who are also actresses. Shout out ladies, my drunk girls. <laughs> I want to be like um, an unofficial drunk girl. Cause it's pretty much who then I you am. Are. You want to be, then you are. I do. I really do. Thank you so much. It's all you need. So there are also two beautiful actresses that live in New York and Brandy and I had been doing voiceover work. And so in the pandemic, you know, when everything shut down and we had to have our own like mic and our own setup, we built little, you know, I say studio, it's a corner in my living room. Um, so we cute. just bought these like nice mics and this setup and we we're like, well, now what do we do with it? And so Brandy actually was the one that was like, maybe we should start a podcast. And I was like, yeah, we have, we have a lot of time on our hands. So we like to call it like the little passion pandemic project that could, because it started off, you know, like <laughs> what that. are we doing? And now we have 45 episodes, I think, which is crazy. That is crazy. Do you release them weekly? On Thursdays, the same ah, day you release gosh. yours. <laughs> Thursday's a good it. podcast release day, apparently. Yeah, it's a book club with a twist. So we we pick a book every month and we read it over the course of the month. And every episode has a cocktail pairing that my husband, Ricardo, comes up with. He's our resident bartender. So we sip on our cocktail and discuss that. the books. That's Super incredible. Cool. And such a good idea, too, you know, because also you're launching this in the pandemic. People need things to do. So let's read a book and give somebody an activity and then another activity to listen. Oh, and then another activity to make the drink listen and relate to the book we all just read that's brilliant we are giving them a lot of stuff to do like buy this book read this book buy these cocktail ingredients make this cocktail listen to, listen the to this podcast yeah and then like give us a review please <laughs> <laughs> like, we are asking a lot of our listeners yeah but like launching it in the pandemic when people are like bored out of their damn minds and here are a ton of activities and things to do ready set go don't complain you're bored. Yes. <laughs> Don't complain about exactly. being locked in. You have so many things yes, going on. Yes, we are giving you content, people. Boom. So, Emma, you've done theater. You've done TV. You've taken over the podcast world. Um, <laughs> taken over. Have, like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, do you girl. have a dream project or a dream collaboration that you would love to uh, do? <laughs> now, right? It's a heavy question. And it can be more than one if you... I would love to have a recurring spot in a streaming series like HBO. 
Yes. Something or like, yeah, HBO, I think is like my preferred platform. I really, I feel like that content, it's like the HBO series, like indie films. That's kind of the world that I like to live in where you can really kind of show the vulnerability and the darkness and the messy and the complicated characters. I find that those, uh, those worlds tend to lend themselves more to the type of characters that I want to play. So I would love to find myself in those worlds. And in terms of collaboration, there are just like a lot of fabulous female directors that I really admire, whose work I really admire, who I would love to work with. Lee Silverman. Oh God, I shouldn't try to say names. I'm so bad with names. Rachel. (laughs) Rachel Chafkin. Yes, thank you. Ann Kaufman. Perfect. God, this is so bad. I'm so bad with names. I'm bad I'll with just names leave it too. at the female directors. There's yeah. a lot of female directors that are doing a lot of work theatrically who I would love to work with. Perfect. Manifest it. Manifest Tell the universe. Emma, you've been the dream yes. fucking guest with oh, all of our technical difficulties that have been happening today. Oh and God, uh, stop. Congratulations. You know what I was thinking? You're guest number 13. Is that right, Jason? Uh, maybe not. I'm lucky um, number 13. Yeah, but yes. that's what I think. It's like Friday the 13th. All the technical problems are happening. <laughs> is it Friday? I don't, no, today no. is Monday. <laughs> <It's> Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, can see where you're going with that, maybe. Thank you, Listen, thank you, thank you. There's been a full moon. I blame everything on the full moon. And we're still in fucking retrograde. This month has been really challenging. Yeah. And you You're know what? It. It's really getting warm out there. But you know what? We're doing the best we can. We're going to play. Surviving. I mean, surviving. We are surviving. I'm trying to see how many times I can say surviving on your survival jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We have our, Jason came up to call our listeners our survivors. And I love yes. that. Jason will be like, oh, hey, I survivors. That. <laughs> Isn't that good? I love, I love that. Oh, you can have a little Destiny's Child playing on back. Yes, I'm a survivor. Yes, <laughs> Jason. No, it was really nice. So, Emma, you, since you are a number one fan, I know you know that we have a fun game coming up. So I do, and I'm so nervous. I really don't do well under pressure. <laughs> we give you a lot of multiple choice, so I think you're going to be okay. Oh, good. Okay, thank you. Before we get to the game, this is my favorite question. So, Emma, if you had to work your least favorite survival job for the rest of your life, to have your dream artistic life for three years, but then had to return to that worst shitty survival job, would you do it? And the the rules to this question are like all over the place. You can still be creative and still do your own work and still act and still have guest star, but you'll return to the fucking lucky strike <laughs> in the, in the, in the spare that. days. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes, lucky strike. Yikes, lucky strike. <laughs> yeah, for me, that is a strong negative. That is a fair answer. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I think, and I actually don't have to think too long about it because the second you pose that question and you say that I have to return to my nightmare job for the rest of my life, there's this immediate like, oh no. So like this really, oh no, I definitely couldn't do that. Yeah. Especially coming down off of something that was so fulfilling. It's so Mm -hmm. much harder to go back. I mean, even 
when I was working at the restaurant and I would leave for like a month or two to do a job and come back, coming back after just one month or two months was so, you know, like, can I offer you like tap water sparkling? You know what I mean? It's like, Ugh, so true. You dies inside. Yeah. So yeah, when, I, when I got my first guest star role, it was like a one day shoot, but I had like a trailer. I was yes. like on set with like the, you know, the lead actor. I felt so important with my, you know, my freaking two lines. I felt like yeah. I was a shit. And then the next day you have to go back to like working at a restaurant. You're like, oh, well. Serving tacos in case. Serving tacos and getting. Yeah, I was on. slinging a lot of tacos and margaritas. It's hard. So it's we? really hard. Oh, God. It's like the so first cute. complaint you get where someone's like, you know, this mahi taco tastes fishy. Bye. <laughs> Bye. You're like, yeah, because that's what you fucking ordered. It's fish. <laughs> I just can't. Don't get me started. This is why I didn't go back. I just can't do it. I I can't. I won't. I do want to say how cute that all three of us served tacos and margaritas as our last serving job. Is that real? Oh, is that where you both were coming from? Correct. I just want to say it is a very, very, very scary decision to not go back to that survival job that is your means of income. Mm -hmm. You know, that was how I was paying my rent and my bills and it's fucking scary, but I will say, I think the universe conspires to support you in big, scary things. And so taking the leap of faith just to even try it. And then if it's too challenging, then you do what you have to. But I do think the universe kind of works to help you when you need it to sure i love that i, I think that's, yeah, that's a, a good great. way to just like conclude the interview um portion. Yes. yay okay yay. so let's jump into this fun game it's game time yeah i was about to say we need to find new and by we i mean me i need to find new wording every time i talk about the game i'm like we're gonna play this fun game Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it always so is fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that though, Jason. It's game time. It's game time. Cue the music. Cue the music. <laughs> so, Emma, because you are such a podcast queen, I oh, call no. Jason the podcast king, king and I, I think I would like to name you the podcast queen now, if that's okay with you. Oh, well, you'll see if I deserve that title after this. <laughs> and I bet you that I won't. <laughs> I think you might. I think you might. So, we're yes. giving you um, some podcast trivia. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Jason, Jason, <laughs> go ahead. Take that first one. Okay. So, first one, there's not multiple choice, but I oh, think you'll Jason. get it. I know. I'm sorry. What is the most popular podcast topic? Murder slash thriller. Ding, ding, ding. You got ding, it. Ding. That's why it wasn't multiple choice. Yeah. Nail it. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> one for one. Okay. What yes. streaming service is the most popular to download podcasts on? Apple Podcasts? Correct. More than 60% of podcast listeners download from Apple over other streaming services. Two for two, Emma. See, you're so nervous and you're killing it. Don't you? Yes. Well, now the rest are multiple. This one is multiple choice. (laughs) What is the average age of a podcast user? A, 25. B, 43. Or C, 34. C on this one. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. <gasps> yes. Three for wow. three. Okay. I'm 34. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> there you go. Look at you're, that. So you're you're the podcast so queen. There you go. You are the podcast queen. 
podcast queen. <laughs> I think you are. Okay, what country is podcasting most popular? A, Spain, B, South Korea, or C, Ireland? Ooh, I'm going to... That is really tough. I know. For some reason, my gut thing A. That's okay. Unfortunately, the answer is not A. The answer is B, South Korea. 53% of the population listens. Spain, 39% of the population listens. And Ireland, 37% of the population listens. Come on, Ireland. Let's get those right. numbers up. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the U.S. came in fourth place, I think, with like 30 tied with another wow. country. I know. I know, right? I was yeah. a little That's shocked a too. Fact. Yeah, it is a good good fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact. How many active podcasts are available to download? A 300,000. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my Anxiety. Uh B 1 million or C 800,000. Going in the middle, I'll go see. Correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Yes, Forbes data suggests that the number of podcasts is more than 800,000 with over 54 million episodes currently available worldwide. Good God. Wow. And I wonder how many were created during the pandemic when people were at home. I bet like 700,999. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's funny. Okay, last question. What percentage of podcast users say that they listen at home? A, 50%, B, 90%, C, 35%. I'm going, well, wait, is this pre-pandemic or now? When was this poll taken? This poll was taken in 2020. Then I'm going to go A, 50%. Incorrect, it's B, 90%. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, yeah, I should have changed. Oh, right, sure. But Emma, you still get 100%. I know. Okay, you're the podcast queen. You're the podcast queen. How can you not give the podcast queen 100%? (laughs) (laughs) Emma, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Before you go, Emma, please tell everyone where they can find you to support you. (laughs) Yeah, I live in Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) My mailing address for gift cards is the following. Oh, great. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah my my social security number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only social media I really use is Instagram, and it's at Emma Orlove. O R E L O V E. Follow Just her people. Full name. Follow Love her that. people and watch yeah. her on Bull. On what's the episode? Tell us, by the way. It is season five, episode. 10 i think it's called the boy who cried murder Ooh, for you podcast fans that like murder <laughs> yes we love we're that. serving murder we're serving murder <laughs> and sexy teacher vibes okay <laughs> <laughs> and emma do you have a website for your podcasts or do you use podbean right We do use Podbean. Um, Actually, I think if you want to follow us, the best platform, again, is Instagram, at Mm -hmm. rthesebooksdrunk. And we are streaming on all places where you can listen to your podcast. Apple Podcast, which is apparently the number one, but we're also on Spotify Podcast, Google. Google. Wow. There's a Google Podcast. Jason, are we on that? We are. Oh my God, we're on that too. <laughs> I have no idea. Is that bad? 
Hi. I'm like, wait, where are There's we? There's so many. There's so many. Yes, and um, please follow us, people, if you're not, and this is your first time tuning in at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. But I don't think we tweet. Jason tweeted during the Oscars. To, to, to nobody. To, to no to two people. <laughs> um and on Facebook at Survival Jobs a podcast. Yeah. What's your Instagram, Sam? Oh my god. Me personally at Sammy Toots. Yeah. S-A-M-M-Y-T-U-T-Z. And Jason, what about you? Just me, Jason A. Coombs. Jason. It's very easy a. to remember. Coombs. Yes. Emma, thank right. you again. We're obsessed thank with you. you. No, this was really fun. I was very nervous, but you made it really chill. Aww. Well, it was so nice to meet you, Jason. Thank you, Emma. To see you. Let's all hang out in real life. We keep saying that once we're back and life is real, which it's like you can t- it like is, right? We'll have a Survival Jobs pod guest gathering with all of our guests from season one. Oh, cute. And the premiere of your movie when it's when it's done with the festival circuit. Yes. You're gonna have a premiere. Oh, Jason, you're gonna have to hold me accountable for that. <laughs> thank <laughs> right. you so Thanks, so much. Emma. No, thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.